This is the Houston Football Show, brought to you by Prime Social Club and Inside Edge, with your hosts, Aaron Wilson and Sean Bajani. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the Houston Football Show. I'm Sean Bajani from Sports Radio 610, joined by NFL insider Aaron Wilson. He covers the Texans for KPRC Local 2. And Aaron, uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get to, uh, obviously, this evening, but be remiss if we didn't uh, ask you for the very latest in regards to Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, down on the field last night. Uh, during Monday Night Football, the game postponed. The announcement today uh, was that the game is not going to be uh, rescheduled for this week. Uh, can you give us the very latest on uh, DeMar Hamlin? Uh, I know there were some Houston connections there as well. Um, what have you learned? Right, yeah, DeMar Hamlin, the Bills safety that was in that collision, scary collision with T. Higgins and sort of cardiac arrest. And his heart stopped on the field. Technically, was not alive. Uh, you know, in terms of the technical definition of being alive. Scary, heartbreaking stuff. And they revived him. The EMTs, the medical staff, they did a great job with him. CPR, defibrillator, and intubated him. Got him to a local hospital. One of the better hospitals in that region of the Midwest and he's in the intensive care unit game is canceled game's not important what's important is him and his recovery and he is still in intensive care and in critical but stable condition the good news is and the family did an interview with a couple of outlets including the NFL network he's able to breathe now 50% on his own not a hundred percent life support the way he was previously when he first was admitted to the hospital. So he is making progress, and I haven't heard any derogatory reports or reports you know, to the contrary about his outlook. Uh, no one said anything about his brain or you know, his uh, you know, ability to recover, but he is in a, you know, this is a standard procedure. You put someone into a coma at that point to allow them to heal and hopefully he's able to come out of this and you know football is the last thing anyone should be thinking about whether you're playing in whether they play again but we'll see and i think the league has done the right things i think initially there was contrary to what Troy vincent said there was probably some conversation about can they continue once they spoke to the teams and saw that you know they're too distraught to play they made the right decision. They made the right call. They came to the right outcomes, which is to cancel this game, not play it this week. Or since they cancel it, there's a chance they could, obviously, I guess they could postpone. I don't think they'll disrupt all the schedule. I think they'll do what they did during COVID where they use, if a game gets wiped out for these kind of reasons, you look at other tiebreakers. That's why you've played this many games. There's other determining factors. I understand this was an important game for the CD. I understand that's important. But DeMar Hamlin is more important and his health. And, you know, he is, by all accounts, an exemplary young man that they have now raised through his GoFundMe that he wanted to help kids with over $4 million. So uh, I've seen, you know, I tend to be 
somewhat positive guy, but realistic. I've seen mostly good things from people. All the teams, uh, you know, for the most part, didn't have practice or canceled interviews today, which I think is the right thing. I don't think it's the wrong thing if a few coaches spoke. It's, I think it's okay. Uh, but, you know, the Texans were one of the teams that didn't have their walkthrough, didn't have their normal press conferences. They'll do all that tomorrow. They've delayed the schedule a little bit. They're going to, you know, do interviews with us around noon. And so we'll hear from Lovey Smith. And, yeah, I hope to – if, it, if they're up to it, you know, I don't know, I haven't asked, uh, but, you know, if we could talk to some of his teammates from Buffalo, like Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, guys that were teammates with DeMar Hamlin last year when he was a rookie and picked in the sixth round out of Pitt, where he was teammates with Jimmy Morrissey. And, you know, Jimmy's in the concussion protocol, so I don't know if they'll get to talk to Jimmy or not. Uh, he played high school football at Central Catholic in Pittsburgh with Kurt Heinisch, the Texans' rookie defensive tackle. Uh, undrafted free agent from Notre Dame. And so these are guys that have been sharing some social messages about him. And yeah, hopefully we get a chance to speak with them. But if not, uh, you know, I would be very interested to hear the perspective of the players and kind of the thoughts about playing football after this. Obviously, I think the games will go on. They're all scheduled. And the Texans will play the Colts at 1 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday, Lucas Oil Stadium, so I'll head up there Saturday, cover the game, last game of the year. Absolutely nothing at stake except for the top overall pick of the draft. So we'll see how that turns out. And, yeah, for DeMar Hamlin, I mean, just prayers for him and his family. It sounds like it's going in a better direction, but, you know, leave that to the doctors, people that are uh, experts in that field. And yeah, hopefully you know, he'll have a good outcome, which would just be, you know, living and, and being able to uh, – you know, do normal things. Uh, I think way early to talk about whether he plays football again, whether he does this again or does not. Uh, just hope that he'll be okay. Uh, you know, it, it just shows you. It's a good reminder, Sean. can be taken away from you very fast. So, No question. Speaking of him. You know, the, the human side of things is what I guess, um, you know, was, was – you know, after the uh, circumstances that took place on the field last night when he fell out, um, Ryan Clark and, you know, so many of the uh, former players uh, talking on uh, ESPN last night and obviously all day today, the coverage has just been uh, outstanding. And, you know, it's that's one of the more difficult jobs, you know, for those guys and having to deal with something like this, especially when no new information is coming out and you're just sort of left in – a lurch and you know in a holding pattern uh so to speak but i, I thought the the humanity uh the human side of things the transparency of what you get to hear from guys that have been there done that experienced things either personally with like ryan clark or had seen uh players um you know suffer career and life-altering injuries in front of them on the field uh, whether it be teammates or the opposition in college or the pros, uh, that that was just very, very enlightening. And, Absolutely. you know, one of the things that, you know, initially came to my mind, you know, I coached uh, middle school football for 12 years. The AED machine, man, it is, it is paramount. And that is something that is stressed um, and not taken lightly. Um, at youth programs and you know I know it's not that way across the board but this 
situation like this, um, unfortunately, has to serve as a reminder to um, just understand that anything and everything unimaginable can happen in the blink of an eye. And you have to be as prepared for it as possible. And that machine um, likely saved his life last night to this point and hopefully over the course of the 48 72 hour window um, that is the most crucial for him um, in coming out of this if he can after experiencing what he did with cardiac arrest in that fashion um, hopefully he does but that that machine is a lifesaver and those people that worked on him so feverishly and instantaneously um, it was it was an incredible incredible scene last night Aaron what did you think of the way the NFL handled that uh, last night? Uh, did right, as I say, did it get to? I thought that they came to the right outcome. I think they were humane. I think that they, you know, made the right decision. I thought that there were too many people on social media, including a lot of blue check journalists, that jumped to these conclusions about what they might be doing and. I do think the league was a little slow to communicate th what they were going to do. But I, I think the distrust and the conspiracy theorists, and then I saw so many, not journalists, but so many dumb bad takes about shouldn't have taken the vaccine. And I, you know, and we'll find out later, but I very much think it's equivalent to the heart punch, you know, where if you're hit in the chest in the wrong way, that can interrupt, uh, you know, your electric waves to the heart and cause a cardiac arrest. That's something that's happened before in contact sports. But yeah, there were so many people jumping to the wrong conclusions that oh, they're just ghouls. They're they they have their soulless. They don't care. This is this a lot of you know. It's already fraught with yeah. fear and danger and drama, and, and people make it so much more dramatic. And I think really what they're doing is they're making it about themselves. Yes. Instead of just worrying about him. And I saw a lot of that. I, you know, read it. I'm pretty unfazed. I, and again, I, I can be somewhat cynical, but I did find it kind of annoying. And I think the best thing that people could do was just, just like wait, be patient, and then share the official updates from, you know, his agent or the NFL or the Bills or the Bengals. And that's what I was trying to do is just like pass on official information. I uh, really, had no urge at all, especially at that hour. And, you know, cause I don't cover the bills on a daily basis or the Bengals to go make calls or to bother anyone. In my opinion, I just, you know, if I was there, yeah, I would have went to the hospital and all that stuff. I think, you know, it's, I was watching kind of to see how some of the people covered it. Some of the uh, good work that was done by Coley Harvey or Cameron Wolf and, you know, building a relationship very quickly with the family to be able to interview the uncle in Cameron Wolf's case. And I think that's good. Uh, it's a good journalism and it was done sensitively. I thought people said the right things. I understand. Yeah. Skip Bayless. That was a bad tweet. I don't think he meant it quite the way it came out. I think he is sorry. I don't think it was. I, I, people want the villain. Everybody wants to make everybody the bad guy. I think that, yeah, Skip says stupid stuff. and But do I think that he's completely callous and doesn't care about this kid? No. I think he corrected himself. He apologized. I think he did the right thing leaving it up to show that you know he acknowledged the mistake. And I know a lot of people want to say, oh, we'll cancel him. He should be done. I don't think that. 
I think that he should have to be sorry. And that's what happened. He had to fly solo today. Shannon Sharp didn't want to do the show with him today, so he uh, he took the day off. Yeah, and uh, you know maybe he'll be back tomorrow. Maybe he won't. But I I just think there was too much of that type of stuff, and to me it distracts from what's important, what's truly important, which is Demar Hamlin. And yeah, I, I really thought that was unfortunate. But at the same time, you can either listen to the noise or you can focus on what's the most important things. And you know that's what I'm choosing to focus on. And yeah, it's, I think it, it, it was, there was a, uh, for the most part, we saw a lot of good and smart commentary and compassion. And uh, that's what I'll choose to focus on. He's Aaron Wilson, NFL insider. Uh, in just a few moments, we'll turn our attention to the Texans and Colts regular season finale. Uh, their week 18 matchup scheduled for one o'clock on Sunday. But before I want to take a minute for our friends at Houston's longest standing poker club. It's Prime Social Poker Club. They're located at 7801 Westheimer. They've got a long standing reputation for taking care of their fans, patrons with class and quality. It's not just a poker room, it's a place to hang with the guys, get a great meal, drinks. They get a fully stocked bar, pool tables, all kinds of other games throughout the venue, and of course, dozens of poker tables. Prime Social Poker Club is over 21,000 members, and you can become one today. Lifetime memberships begin at $10. And once you join up, you can take part in daily and nightly tournaments. Buy-ins go from $60 to $5,000. Guaranteed prize money is where it's at. Pots as high as $2 million. It's series cash from Houston's best and first-class poker club. Open daily 24-7. It only closes when you decide to leave, and they make it really, really hard. They've got a free play from 10 a.m. until 1 daily, happy hour every day, 4 to 9, located again at 7801 Westheimer. It's Prime Social Poker Club. All right, Aaron, let's get to the uh, Texans and Colts regular season finale. Texans need to lose or the Bears need to beat the Vikings to secure that number one overall pick, and I know we have a lot to discuss in that regard, and we can certainly get to the weekend that was with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and their performances. Uh, Jeff Saturday did announce this week that Sam Ellinger will be starting at quarterback for the Colts Sunday. What are your thoughts going into this game? I know we spoke to Lovey a couple of days ago. Uh, yes, gosh, it seems like a couple of days ago. It's been so long, a long 24 hours. But yesterday he did make mention um, that <laughs> – and what else was he going to say? But their approach is not going to change given their draft – uh, prospectus. So nor should it. I, I don't think you ever start tanking and playing to lose. And you know, I've thought about this a lot, and I think, what could you do to try to lose? Would you start Kyle Allen? Be pretty obvious that you're trying to lose. You get dunked on the way the Eagles once did with Nate Sudfeld. Well, they've been they doing just out. fine as is. <laughs> uh, Davis, you know, you never know. Are you getting good Davis, bad Davis? From quarter to quarter, uh, you know, sometimes you get solid Davis. Sometimes you get what you got last week. Normally he bounces back from a game like that. You know, you could Driscoll cat. I mean, you cannot legislate losing. I mean, you cannot tell the players, don't try. And, I mean, what are they going to do, get hurt? I mean, intentionally fumble? I mean, what do the fans want? And the ones that have gotten mad at Lovey for saying that you – they're going to try to win, and the number two pick or the number three pick are pretty good too. What's he supposed to try to do? And he's not even the one that would be making these draft decisions. It'll be Nick Casario. We'll see if you know if Lovey's here. 
I just don't see how you can make them lose. And also to that greater point, I don't know if they will lose. I think they probably you know, should be able to beat Sam Ellinger and a team that doesn't have Jonathan Taylor out there. Mm-hmm. So Sam's going to run around against an athletic defense that's capable of tackling him. I you know, I don't really see how they're going to lose the game. I think maybe it'll be kind of a close game, but Texans are better than the Colts right now than where the Colts were at the start of the season. They should have beat the Colts to start the year with Matt Ryan. I just can't see how they lose. I could see maybe Minnesota resting guys against the Bears, or maybe if Justin Fields goes off. Um, to talk to some friends in Chicago, actually, last night. I mean, they're going to go for it. Uh, they are not, they're not going to tank. They're going to try to win. So my expectation, you know, could be both teams win, and the Texans get the first pick. That could happen. That wouldn't shock me at all. I know the Vikings have some things to play for. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, I don't think it's a lock that the Vikings beat the Bears. But I think it's very hard for the Texans to avoid beating the Colts. Here's the thing. The Texans don't have to draft a quarterback with the first pick. They probably should. They don't have to. And the Bears don't need a quarterback. They've got Justin Fields. They like Justin. They feel really good about him and his leadership and the kind of player that he is. So who's going to trade up for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? I would tell you nobody. I don't see that happening. I think they can still get the best quarterback in the draft, whether you deem it to be Young or Stroud. And I would say it would probably be Young, despite his lack of size, by winning the game. But I absolutely don't care. Whatever they pick, they pick. And half the people that are whining about this, they have literally no stake in this, Sean. And you know, you know some of the people I'm talking about. Why they care, I have no idea. They're gonna pick wherever they're gonna pick. It's gonna be a high pick. It'll be a good player. It's they're not one player away. They're several players away. Uh, it, it's that's uh, it that makes no sense. No, to there's me. no and argument there. And all the all the hand wringing and crying and whining. Oh my goodness! Well, you haven't seen the half of it yet, Aaron. But you know, I, I think it's just the sense. I, of the you know what I can do? I can put my hands over my ears, and I can just cover whatever they they wind up with. And that, that's what I'm going to do. I, I I literally I do not want to hear it. I'm, hey, but I'm, I'm already I'm already annoyed by it and frustrated by it and just kind of like amused. I, I shouldn't say really frustrated. I'm amused by it, but yeah, I'm going to be above it. I'm gonna stay out of the fray, out of the noise, and yeah, it's just to me, whatever they can pick first, they can pick second. Oh, you're absolutely good. You're abs- You're absolutely right. But from a fan standpoint, it is the sense of control, and you want your team to have that control and. Uh, have that number one overall pick. And there's a sense of, hey, man, we deserve this, you know. Um, and yeah, the Bears have been bad, too. I mean, yeah, the Bears have been bad, too. There's no question. And, you know, kind of like the Browns, you know, they've got the moniker. Well, it's the Bears again, you know, but they've got their quarterback, they think. And I think they like their head coach, Matt Nagy. Yeah, they have good symmetry with um, – synergy, either uh, – with – Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, that's working. And, yeah, they need offensive line, but they need a lot of help. But I think they're actually a little further ahead in their rebuild than the Texans. Yeah, but, yeah we'll see. I, I think 
know, there's a chance they're not going to get the top pick, and it won't be the end of the world. He's Aaron Wilson, NFL insider. Coming up next, we'll talk about the future of Lovey Smith and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Did Saturday's performances by those two change your mind? That's next. Come out and enjoy Houston's longest-standing poker room with a stellar reputation for class and quality, Prime Social Poker Club. At Prime, you'll enjoy an upscale social environment, fully stocked bar, gourmet dining, pool tables, dozens of poker tables, and many other fun games throughout the venue. You can also join their over 21,000 members with a lifetime membership for only $10. What are you waiting for? Get into the game. Come join us at Prime Social Poker Club. Inside Edge was founded over 30 years ago as a data and analytics provider for Major League Baseball clubs. If you've seen the movie Moneyball, then you know Inside Edge. They were part of the data and analytics revolution in professional sports. Fans can now have access to the same insights and analytics used by pro teams for free at MyInsideEdge.com. My Inside Edge is a destination for sports bettors and daily fantasy players where they can find matchups, specific insights, and projections to help make informed betting and fantasy decisions. Again, that's MyInsideEdge.com. Welcome back to the Houston Football Show. Sean Bajani, Aaron Wilson with you. Uh, the future of Lovey Smith, Aaron. I know we just got done talking about, uh, you know, what his comments were yesterday, not going to change their approach, um, you know, in relative to their draft position. You know, one thing that I noticed in his response, which was quite lengthy yesterday, I think it was actually Brooks Cabina who asked the question, uh, was the, the way that he'd said we – you know, a number of times, and I, um, as if, you know, he was planning on being here. And I think that's the mindset, you know, that uh, he probably has to have and that uh, he probably understands that he needs to at least uh, put out there. What are your thoughts on his future? And do you believe that, you know, the last three weeks – this past one notwithstanding with their performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the games against the Cowboys, Chiefs, and the victory over the Titans, does that have anything to do in terms of impacting his future here? No, I don't think that the press conference meant anything. I think it was just, you know, what you would normally say. I thought he was a bit subdued. My understanding is he wasn't quite in that mood later in the day. He was a little more upbeat and some other – interactions that he had and yeah I think you know he didn't seem as resigned to his you know potential fate the organization they've been meeting they've been meeting today they're you know looking into you know what are the merits of bringing him back what offense coordinators could you have if you move on from Pep Hamilton and what's out there and yes there are a lot of people very interested in this job I'm not expecting if they move on from Lovey Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton I think more likely it's an up-and-comer, uh, you know, like a Jonathan Gannon or Ben Johnson or maybe a Shane Steichen, someone like that that's uh, got a plan that's going to have a good staff. I, I foresee something like that more likely than Lovey coming back. But, you know, nothing would surprise me if they did choose to say, you know what, we don't know how good we're going to be next year either. 
it's a fairly bad look. It's hard to get people to come here. That's one thing that's come up in a lot of conversation I've had around the league is how do you get someone to come here when they just fired coaches twice in a row? How do you convince that coach? Well, this is different. We didn't really aim high enough. You know, we had these tough searches. We had some things go awry, you know, in the past two years, but it's going to be fine. And no, you're not going to have a lot of personnel power. Okay. That doesn't sound so great. Yes, they have you know high pick, top pick, first or second. Yes, they have cap space. Yes, Nick Casario drafted well last year. And you know, Houston's a nice city and the facilities are pretty good. And they have some some building blocks on the team, like Damian Pierce and Larry Tunsil, et cetera. But yeah, there's a lot of holes in the roster. And I don't think they have a problem with the culture. I think they have good guys here. I think they'll continue to have good guys here. I think the locker room is fine. But, you know, it's tough, Sean. To bring Matt Levy back, you're saying that, you know, they played hard. That's the expectation. Were they particularly well coached? Was there a great plan? I mean, look what they're doing on offense right now. Mm -hmm. You can blame it all on the quarterback, say, oh, they're not very good. You're running dig routes with Jeff Driscoll. No offense to Jeff Driscoll, but you know that's your play. Well, and you're throwing back corner fades to Rex Burkhead. I know, and some of that is the play call, and some of that's the quarterback choosing to do that. You know, but you know it's like he doesn't audible or look a different direction, or I mean, he'd be better off taking off running than that. He's actually been really good running lately. Uh, he's shown me a little bit of a, you know some ability to scoot around that I didn't think was there. And he's sort of cutting it loose. Like, you know what, Evan, I'm going to do it. I'm going to run. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's got a touchdown run. He's, he's done a couple things. I just, I just don't see how you come back with them, but you can do whatever you want, but it's not going to help you sell tickets. It's not going to stop the fan apathy. If anything, I think it increases it. I, what I you need agree. is a dynamic coach that you can sell to the public and sell tickets with. Uh, not that they need the money, but you know, it's a bad look to have these empty stadiums. It doesn't look good around the league. And they gotta go get their guy. This they gotta get it right. And they know that. And yeah, I, I would be surprised if he comes back. I would rate it if I was putting percentages, I'd say there's like a 10% chance that they just stay status quo, but 90% that they move on. But we'll see. Aaron, they'll, uh, Aaron, they'll make this decision, you know, and announcement next week. You you've covered this this league a long time, um, and I, this is a unique situation with this organization and what it's been through, the things that the fans have had to obviously endure over the course of the last three years, uh, front office wise, players, you name it. But what what has been your experience in covering teams, you know, in the midst of making a coaching change? like this is it something they already know i know it's total body of work but you have one game left and draft position you know I, I, it's in the mind somewhere but with with cal and nick making this decision but certainly if lovey's not coming back or even if he is they already know that answer right yeah there's they already know the answer and so you know with that being the case and i don't the last i was the, what i've heard is the last few weeks didn't matter, but I th would say that last Sunday, the we haven't even got into it, but the absolutely 
substandard performance against the Jaguars kind of cemented that. Yeah, they played well in a couple of games, but and they had five one-score losses, but that was embarrassing. Yeah. And the reason why I asked that question is because, you know, the last two coaching hires, you know, which was David Cully and Lovey Smith himself, the Texans were the last organization to fill that head coaching void. If Lovey is gone or if he's back, it's information that I have to believe this go round we will learn the Monday after next weekend's game. Does not have to be Monday, no. They can't sit on it for too long, though, Aaron. This time, I mean, you gotta. If you're gonna, especially I could see them, could see them doing the exit interviews with that they normally do on Monday. I could see them meeting on Tuesday. I could see them trying to come up with some plans and solutions. If you recall, you know, yes, Cully happened fast. Does not necessarily mean it has to happen fast this time. Not saying that it won't, but you could see maybe there's a Nick Casario press conference by Wednesday or Friday, and the news probably already out by then. Whatever they're going to do, but it could take a couple days. There's you know, what is the rush? There are a lot of candidates out there, but I'm telling you, most of the t- other teams that are having these openings are going to be looking for retread head coaches. And I don't necessarily think that Houston is going to go that route. I think that it could be an up-and-comer. And if they do pull the trigger and they move on from their current head coach, Lovey Smith, I don't see – a lot of competition for some of the candidates they're going to want, even though they're good, but you know, we'll see. I mean, I think you think about Carolina, you think about Denver, think about possibly Arizona, possibly the Rams. If McVay steps away to, you know, do television, spend time with his family. I could see a lot of big guns going to some of those teams and the Texans going with someone that's viewed, you know, as a guy that has a good future and could earn his resume with the Texans. But yeah, no, there's no reason it has to be Monday. Normally it is. That's just the tradition of the NFL. You want the closure. They're going to fly back Sunday night. They're very rarely a Sunday firing. I think Rob Chedzinski with the Browns way back was one of the rare Sunday night firings. Uh, there's not a big rush, but you don't want to prolong it. You like to pull the Band-Aid off and then move on. You could even see what if Lovey Smith chooses to retire. What if he chooses to be a senior advisor? What if that opportunity is presented to him? That's another thing I've heard floating around. So we'll see. Interesting. I, I don't think there's any rush. Just want to get it right. Yeah. And get the right guy and get this going in the right direction. And then there's not much to do other than getting the staff right and looking at some of the coaches you might want to keep if the new coach is amenable, if they have a new coach. I always want to have that caveat because they have not made the decision and, you know, haven't you know come to a final final, you know, on that. Right. But yeah, there's uh, you know, what if, what if you want Frank Ross back for special teams? Obviously he does a good job. He's one of the best. What about Jock Asari and what he does with the defensive line? You know, what about Danny Barrett and Damian Pierce? You know, there, there's some good guys here. I think they've got a good staff. They got Ben McDaniels. They've got some coaches that, Look like some keepers, and then you have some of the guys. Yeah, you can maybe you can upgrade from. Them. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it's not viewed as like the most talented staff in the league, or a lot of guys are you look as future coordinators or future head coaches. That's absolutely true. No one's you know putting them on any lists or guys that you say, oh, this guy he's gonna you know get this kind of job and do this. No, 
It doesn't mean that they might not have the potential, but no one's talked about them. I mean, the guy that feels like he might have future leader potential to me is Frank. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Frank is dynamic, and Frank's really sharp, really on it. Uh, and I think he has a good future. But we'll see. Uh, you know, what if it was Jonathan Gannon? And what if Frank Wright could come with him? And Frank Ross, who worked with them in Indy, what if you have kind of a ex-Colts type of coaching staff that really knows the division well and it has got some brain power? Mm-hmm. Might be a nice, nice group there. What if you could get Brian Johnson from the Eagles? What if you could get their linebackers coach to run the defense with Gannon as head coach? There's some possibilities I've heard bandied about. Yeah. A potential staff, potential group that you could put together. And that, that sounds pretty strong to me. Very interesting stuff. Aaron Wilson, NFL insider. Uh, we've got one more quick one, and I want to get your thoughts on the uh, two college quarterbacks from this past weekend. But first, I want to take a minute for our friends at Inside Edge. It's a company that was founded over 30 years ago as a data and analytics provider for Major League Baseball teams. If you've seen the movie Moneyball, you know what Inside Edge is all about. Now you can access the same insights and analytics used by pro teams for free at MyInsideEdge.com. My Inside Edge is a destination for sports bettors and daily fantasy players where you can find matchup-specific insights and projections to help you make informed betting and fantasy decisions. Who doesn't want that? It's absolutely free. But the best part is their five-star game picks. Last season, they had a better than 70% chance or success rate, rather, going 34 and 14 against the spread. You can subscribe today. Use the code Houston. That's in all caps, Houston, and you'll receive 10% off of your subscription. It's my inside edge. All right, Aaron, last question for me. You watched the games this past weekend. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, tremendous performances by both. Stroud bested in the final moments by Stetson Bennett in Georgia, but it was a hell of a game. What was your takeaway from those two individual performances, and what are you hearing in terms of their draft prospectus, considering that C.J. Stroud probably made himself a lot of money this past weekend. Right, yeah. I mean, Stroud will be a top-five pick, but I think that was never in doubt. I really feel like, yes, he finished strong, and he showed an element of running and ability to create that he wasn't showing in some of the Big Ten games. But, yeah, I, you know, I'd say he's – they're one and one A, and he's behind Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce is smaller, but he will create a little better. And I think he throws a little bit better ball, and he's a little more accurate. And I thought Stroud – I watched some of his games. Like, you know, you saw him throw some bad interceptions, and there's some times that I thought, you know, he could have played a little better in some big games, uh, you know, including Michigan, and there were some others. But, yeah, to me, yeah, it was a good performance, and it cements that you know, he'll, he'll do well. He reminds me a little bit, but he runs a little bit less. Reminds me of Deshaun Watson. I said the same thing. That's so funny. Yeah, playing style. It's similar height. And young, uh, you know, body size-wise, he runs a lot less than Kyler. But uh, in terms of frame, he throws a heck of a deep ball. And another pro comp that you would hope for, you know, you'd hope he has a Drew Brees kind of career because he's a shorter quarterback, but he can generate power with his arm. And – He's tough. Uh, you know, he's taken some hits. And you know, I think, you know, I, I like his future a lot. But, yeah, I, w- I would bet on potential great with the smaller quarterback of the two. 
and I, I really like Bryce. I, I would go with him, but I think if you wind up with Stroud, it'd be fine. Uh, Stroud is represented by David Mulligetta. David had, you know, his ups and downs sometimes when Deshaun Watson things, you know, especially the trade. Uh, so, you know, I think the relationship is, that's something to think about when you think about those decisions, just like those people that tell you like, oh, D'Amico Ryans, I want D'Amico Ryans, including many in our market. D'Amico Ryans was in a lawsuit with the Texans, does not want to come here. I don't anticipate him interviewing. He could have interviewed last year. That didn't happen. He was available just like last year. He was hot last year. He had other interviews. I don't see that happening. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I, I think both guys played well and cemented the status that they already have. And I'm just as high on Will Anderson. But, yeah, if the Bears get the pick, I think they'll pick Anderson. That would be great if they did, and especially if they kept that pick and do what you say, pick Will Anderson and don't give it away and let somebody swoop in and get Bryce Young because – I'd love to see Bryce Young in a Texans uniform, but we shall see. I know this. I'll see you tomorrow at the Texans, and uh, appreciate you, Aaron. Uh, Make sure you follow Aaron Wilson on Twitter, at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. You can follow me, at Sean Bajani, on Twitter as well. We'll be at Texans at NRG all week long, uh, beginning tomorrow, as we are every single day, and we'll be bringing you the very latest from them. Till then, have a great rest of your night, everybody. Prom Social Poker Club opens daily at 10 a.m. and doesn't close until the last person leaves. Now, that's 24-7, 365 days a year, so you can always get your poker game on at Prime. Also, daily, free play starting at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. with happy hour from 4 to 9 p.m. They have daily and nightly tournaments with buy-in starting as low as $60 and going as high as $5,000. Now, check this out. Guaranteed prize money as large as $2 million. What are you waiting for? Get in the game. Prime Social Poker Club here locally in Houston, 7801 Westheimer. We've told you about the endless insights at Inside Edge, but let us tell you about the real gold mine. They're five-star picks. And in the 2021 NFL season, Inside Edge went 34 and 14 against the spread for a success rate of 70.8. And now you have access to these five-star picks for only $20 per pick or get the deal of the lifetime. Every five-star pick for the entire year for only $149. Even better, our listeners get a discount of 10% on that access by using code Houston. That's code Houston. This has been the Houston Football Show, brought to you by Prime Social Poker Club and Inside Edge.